Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody to Pick and Roll. Of course, the NBA betting show that goes live every weekday on the board YouTube channel. Hit that like button to support and subscribe as well to catch every single stream that we do. Also, visit thehammer.bet for all of your sports betting content needs. And today, a smaller slate, but an official pick is on the way in just a moment here. Before that, let's talk about the plays from yesterday. Unfortunately, the first losing day of the week. And uh, it came largely at the expense of a blowout in the Miami game. And uh, Jalen Brown just not being up to his best. Uh, Pips, you want to talk about the three bets here? Well, yeah, I I don't know what to say. Like I I was sending you last night how the Miami hit and the Celtics started. It's kind of ridiculous to know that like Embiid is probably the best player in this matchup, like between Heat and uh, and the Seventy Sixers. And two days ago, three days ago, Miami played away at the Seventy Sixers and they won. And now they are going back to home, playing at home against the 76ers, and Embiid is suddenly ruled out, and they get blown out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the, this bet was on great pace, 16 points in three quarters for Jimmy Butler. Game stays well under, even though it was a crazy shooting start at the beginning. It's like, <laughs> the, the line uh, was closed at two, 215. For this game, and 15 minutes into the game, we had 241. Like, I was yeah. like, oh my god, what's going on here? But that wasn't realistic because the line made up while they're shooting 65%, and that wasn't sustainable. So it, it got back like to below, and it ended up with 215, very below our line. So the only part is Jimmy Butler not playing in the fourth. And actually, it was kind of crazy that they pulled up down to the, I think, 15. It's actually uh, 16 points. They pulled down to 16 points uh, with 5.45 left. And it was a timeout. And Bema Debayo was back on the court and Jimmy Butler wasn't. So, yeah, I noticed Bam came back in, but not Jimmy. I don't know why, but... I, I don't that, think that anyone in the, in the in this stage of the NBA should like 16 down with almost six minutes left is like you, you can like get oh, get under sure. 10 points in like almost like 50 percent of the game like that's that's not and it was like crazy shoot so I, actually 76ers missed like five straight possession after that but he didn't score either. And if Butler was there, I think they could get back in that game. I don't know what's going on with Butler minutes this season. And, but yeah, it, it is what it is. Like this was, uh, Heat was five point favorite at home and getting blown out. Like, no, nothing to do about this. And we are losing the place a lot like this lately. 
due to injuries and some reverse blowouts, but yeah, nothing to do with it. Okay. Yeah, unfortunate there. Uh, thankfully, end of the night was made up by Desmond Bain smashing his point line. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies taking care of business against the Rockets. Uh, so only we, should, we yeah. should probably take a look. I'll do it after the show to just check our score against the Houston Rockets. I think our best win rates are like against betting against the Houston Rockets and the, probably the Jazz as well. I would suspect. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, against the Jazz, against the and like I think it's, it's it's I don't know what what will be the third one. Like I I know we had another another one that I'm betting a lot, but can't can't really can't. Uh, you used to do Charlotte quite a bit, but now yeah. since they've switched, you you stayed away from them. But yeah, um, despite that, one and two day uh, winning week so far. Let's try to keep it going today. We have one official play on the way. Trying to build on the 98 and 77 record on the season. 4.8% ROI. Let's keep it going here. Let's get into the official pick for today's show. Uh, going to Golden State here, playing against the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, oof, we've got two of the key players in this matchup. Jordan Poole over 20.5 points with Kawhi Leonard over 19.5 points for minus 115 odds at DraftKings. Pips, uh, take <laughs> us through why you wanted to bring this into play. So... I watched the last game between these two and Poole had comfortable 28 points and Kawhi was just shooting the lights out and scored 33. And if you take a today's matchup, nothing changed really. Like only thing that changed is Clippers got Russell Westbrook and Kawhi will have some easier shots tonight. Like that's it. And with Russell Westbrook starting, backcourt defense of the, of the Clippers got worse, so it's easier for Jordan Poole. So if they had the success in the last game and like easily covered these lines with the 28 and 32, 33, they are in better, both are in better spot tonight. And Warriors are actually playing at home, so it shouldn't be a blowout. It should be a close game. And with everything that said, like, we, I, I, I like, I think Clippers can cover Clay Thompson way better than they had a chance against the Jordan Poole. So if Clay Thompson is not in a good matchup, who else is there to score? Like Wiggins is out, Steph Curry is out. So it's it's down to Jordan Poole to shoot like 20 plus times a, a, a night and score. And like if you take a look, like 17 games without Steph Curry this season, he scored 20 or more points in 15. If you take a look at the games with 30 plus minutes, and he will get 35 minutes tonight because, like, their offense is like Kevin Looney and Raymond Green. They are not shooting. Don't the Vincenzo is not shooting. So it's like down to Clay and Jordan Poole to like score 50 percent of the Golden State Warriors points. And if Jordan Poole doesn't go over 20 and Clay is in a difficult matchup. I don't see it. So it's it's down to pull to be very aggressive to attack. Uh, they struggle against driving guys like him that that seek for the contact. He'll get to the line. He will score some threes, and he'll he'll still score inside, especially with Zubats in drop coverage, especially with Plumlee in drop coverage. And if they go small and they switch everything, pull is like his quickness in first step is trouble for the for their size. And I love. Matchup for both of these guys. I was trying to decide between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but as I said, like who will guard Kawhi Leonard? Like Draymond Green, 
like good luck. I mean, like he's an amazing defender, but I think Kawhi, like if if he they, they put Draymond Green on him, it will be single cover, and I love Kawhi Kawhi Leonard in single cover, and especially with Westbrook creating for them, it will be way easier to to get into good spots for for Kawhi Leonard. I I've been very impressed by the Warriors lately. They've won three games in a row. Um, not the the stiffest competition competition, but uh, as you and I thought. They'd kind of fall off with Steph Curry out. They are now up into the fifth seed. Very tight, very tight. Can still fall. But I've uh, been impressed with the Warriors lately. And uh, Jordan Poole has, though he shoots a lot and turns the ball over a lot, he's been scoring and helping them win games. So I think that's been impressive. But that was your official pick for today's show. Uh, we're going to go into discussion topics for today. We're about to talk about James Harden, which was a request on Twitter. If you guys have any requests, for today's show, any little things you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, we'll also discuss, somebody asked about finals matchups, which we'll get to as well. But let's start off with James Harden. So, Pips, of course, a Rockets fan, and he's a Rockets fan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, largely because of James Harden, and you're a big fan of James Harden. But we spoke about this, I think it was a couple of months ago now, the prospect of James Harden returning, and you weren't really sold on it, but... What are your initial thoughts on uh, any – there's some reports coming out saying that he would be comfortable going back to Houston. How would you feel if he returned to the Rockets for next season based on where you are in the rebuild? So I'll just say like two things, two standpoints. As a Houston Rockets standpoint, I love it. Like, give me James Harden back. Like, back. I, like he wanted out when – Teams was terrible, and he was in in, in his in the, at that age that he wanted to compete for the championship. And I'm I don't like have any grudge against James Harden wanting out. Like I could, he gave this organization so much, and like the focal point of the game, like amazing. Like I, I love James Harden as a Houston Rockets fan and as a James Harden fan, and the standpoint of that. I don't want him getting back to the Houston Rockets to a rebuilding team that's currently in a terrible state and shape. I want James Harden to compete for the championships till over the like next two or three years. I can I still think he can <laughs> do a lot and help teams a lot. And he's winning type of player. No matter what everyone said, I watched almost every game of James Harden over the last I don't know ten years probably like. For sure, eight like and he's amazing player. He's floor raiser, floor like he's just unbelievable. And I don't want to watch him with this awful Rockets team. How do you think he would fit with the team in this sense? You know, you've got Jalen Green, you've got KPJ. I think you'd be more than comfortable replacing them. But how would you feel about him taking, I guess, touches away from the young players on the team? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, this this James Harden that has that's leading the league in assists will have no problems fitting that right. team at all. And but the thing is, 
I don't think it works well with Alpa and Shingun having the possession, the ball and his first possession. Uh, I think, but it will be great for Jalen Green. It will be great for Jabari Smith. Yeah. It will be great probably for the next pick. I don't know, like, if we get good, like, we don't need James Harden. Like, right. if we get Victor, if we get Victor, I mean, like, we don't need uh, James, but they could, that could work greatly. But yeah, like, it depends on the pick. I'll say that, I'll say, like, the James Harden thing is like strongly dependent on where we land our our pick uh, at right. the, this year draft. So yeah, yeah, I think it's it, I think it's up to that. And as I said, I would love to watch James Harden back to the Houston Rocket as the Rockets fan, but as a James Harden fan, I don't want to see it at least not over the next two years. I'd be curious to see how hard if Harden became the best player on a team once again. If he could get back like to similar, not, I mean, not like 36 points per game, but like 25 plus points per game in those areas. Again, I think it'd be interesting to see him as a first option. Another piece uh, of rock. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think James Harden is more than capable of doing yeah. that. Oh, oh, me too. He's, me too. He's like, I think this is, I, I, I need to check it, but I think this is the most efficient career of his life. I think like of his entire career, not oh, quite picking sure, his spots. But yeah, he's that. He's taking his pass. He's shooting forty percent from three. Not like because he's not getting as much to the line, so his true shooting percentage is not quite the best of his career. I, he it's one of the lowest at sixty-two percent. So there is a stigma like around the league and uh, like in the media and in in the with the fans and everything that James Harden is an inefficient player, like. James Harden is one of the most efficient players of all times. Like, like easily. Like people don't understand. Like, uh, if, uh, field goal percentage. They are comparing it. Like they're looking at field goal percentage. But modern NBA is all about true shooting percentage. And James Harden, career-wise, is sixty-one percent true shooting percentage. That's like, I think five percent over 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 the league average over the last ten years. Like. That's yeah. unbelievable, and we, he was doing so efficiently with scoring like 35 points a game and having 10 assists. Like this all-time great player, like all-time yeah. efficient player. Like I, I don't know, like you can check like who is like one of the best scorers. Like I was like, but just I don't know if you ever like compare these numbers. I love to do it. Like I did it so many times. But if you take a look at Kobe Bryant. Efficiency career-wise, it's fifty-five percent through shooting. Like mm-hmm. that's I Kobe is like one of my favorite player, and he's only fifty-five percent has uh, through shooting. Like James Harden is at sixty-one. Like that's unbelievable. I think what is like most insane about James Harden's numbers, I, I, people, I think, I think the field goal percentage number is taken out of context too much. In the sense that, like, James Harden, let's take his highest scoring season, 2018-2019. He took 13 three-pointers a game. Of course, his field goal percentage is not going to be near 50. He's taking 13 three-pointers a game where if you're shooting, like, 37% or better, you're you're shooting, I mean, especially for, the, for that number. And in that year, he shot 37% from three. He took 13 threes a game and hit 
37% of them. Like that is insane. But so much, so, uh, so much of his shooting comes from three pointers, which are obviously less efficient than two pointers. So of course his field goal percentage is going to be, uh, I mean, even at 44%, which it was that year, like that's ridiculous for somebody shooting that much from three. And I think a lot of the time he would just look at straight field goal percentages, which does not completely tell the tale of a player and yeah, uh, yeah true and, shooting is, uh, is a good stat effective field yeah, but if, good you take, stat. if you take a look uh for some like example like james Harden is career 51 percent from two and michael jordan is 51 percent from two <laughs> like just yeah yeah that, that i like and also i'll say like of course like this is not even questionable but James Harden is way more efficient than Michael Jordan ever was. Like, like Michael well, when Jordan you fit- factor in, yeah, you factor in yeah. the threes, yeah, yeah. So like, but like, it's all obviously different eras, and you can't compare that. But if you look at efficiency, like point per shot taken through through shot percentage, James Harden is one of the probably maybe even the most efficient player ever that scored at that clip at that uh, rate. Like he oh, is just. Oh, yeah. Out of the, and yeah, there is always a stigma that he's inefficient when they're looking at this number. Also, I will say uh, 37% on three, 13 attempts for three that you mentioned. Like, that's unbelievable, 37%. But you add this, he is shooting step backs and he's fouled on every third. Like, like out of 10 shots, he's fouled once on average. Hmm. Even more in the, in that year, I think I didn't check the numbers. So I add that to the to thirty seven percent. Like if he's fouled one out of the ten times, so he's not shooting like thirty seven percent. He's shooting forty three or forty four percent when he's fouled one out of the ten. So like that's like mind blowing how efficient he was throughout his career and how efficient he still is. Yeah. I completely agree. And the fact that he does this, he's also like an elite playmaker, which we're seeing this season, is a testament to his talent. So definitely could make a difference for the Rockets. Let's talk about another Rockets player. Uh, you wanted to bring this up. Uh, you're a big fan of Alperen Shengun. Uh, you guys, anybody here has followed my YouTube channel for a while. I was a massive fan of Shengun going into the draft that he was selected in by the Rockets. They traded up to get him at 16, I believe. And we're seeing how talented of a player he is. He actually has uh, passed Nikola Jokic, uh, made some NBA history here. Alperen Shengun passed Jokic for the most assists for a center before turning 22. Shengun, after 129 games, has 405 assists. Jokic, in the same amount of games, had 402 assists. But Shengun is still 20 years old and doesn't turn 22 for another 500 plus days. So uh, you're obviously watching more Shengun than I think anybody here. Is uh, is the talent for real here? Do you see a, a high ceiling for this player? So the most ridiculous part of this bet is he overtake Jokic while they didn't use him properly, like ninety percent <laughs> of the games. Yeah, like he he. I think his passing is better than Jokic was when he came to the league. Like for real, like that. That's like maybe hot take, but. As someone that watched both of these guys, I'll say it's not at all. Like Shengun had some flash, but like some cr- unbelievable. Like he, if you like, look at compilation of of Shengun, like assist, you can make like video of fifty unbelievable passes and uh, assists. And also, he's playing on a team that he'll make unbelievable pass and they'll miss more than any other team in the league. So 
it's it's crazy to to, to uh, this Houston Rockets team and they are not playing through him as much as they should. Sometimes not playing playing through him at all, and he's like unbelievable guy. And I think the future is also I think he's one of the best post up players, post up scorers in the league. Like. I think there there was number. I didn't check it for quite some time, but at the time I was checking. So post up uh, points per post up and efficiency. I think he's like ninety percentile over there. He's so, so he's so good yeah. at the post. So if you let him one on one, he cooks every anyone like anyone. And if you help, he's one of the greatest big passers in the league, and he'll just hit uh, everyone. Like so, you don't you can't double team him. You can't let him cook one on one. So that's unbelievable ceiling against talent. And I'll say people talk trash about his defense. I don't think he's terrible defense. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's like negative, super negative or positive guy. But if I need to rate his defense like from one to ten, I'll say like three. So like he's not terrible. He's not like decent, but he's somewhere in the middle. Like he's, he has some things that he's good at. He has some things that he's bad at. I think he the most important thing he tries hard every time. Like he 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 is like into it and trying the best he can. Obviously, sometimes the foul trouble can get him still, but I think with the right team and the right defensive scheme, he'll be a useful defender. I, I agree, and, and it's important. It's important to remember he's he's 20 years old, so <laughs> there is a lot of room for this player to grow. Still, um, people I think kind of underrate European leagues. You'd probably know better than I do, but he won MVP in the Turkish Super League when he was 18 years old. Like that is a good basketball country. That is a good basketball league, and he was 18 yeah. years old and went MVP, and then now he's yeah. in the NBA and he, and he started really well. I'll just say, like at that time, your European league was still like a bit old school, playing through the big one, big big yeah, guy yeah. playing a lot of pick and rolls, post ups, and that's where he thrived. And it's a bit time to adjustment, but it's also he was the first scoring option there, and they were just going through him. I think if if the Houston Rockets were going through him way more, they will be better, and his his stats stats will be better. Like like. I think Shengun is like could be this season already 20, 10, and five guy. Like that's come on, that's a bonus number. And I think he could be that uh, while being efficient, while his team being better with playing through him. But I just don't understand Silas coaching and direction from the above him. And I just don't understand that whenever they try to go through him, they play the best basketball. Like period, mm-hmm. and they do it so rare. Like I just don't yeah. get. It. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if what size his future is. I know you've been not happy with him for a while. We'll see if anything happens there. But let's go to some some questions from the audience here. Three things I wanted to pull up here. First of all, uh, Rypro one hundred and one asks, "What is our finals matchup guess?" Um, I believe we're the same. I think we're the same on the uh, Eastern Conference side with Milwaukee. I I would like better to do it easier to do maybe uh, conference finals. I think that's okay. I don't so, know who will win in conference finals uh, final, but I think 
conference finals is pretty like easy to, to put, especially on the on the East. Well, East is Boston, Milwaukee. I don't think either of us are going to be different there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Western Conference side, I I still like the Nuggets. I I'm not like a lot of oh my goodness, a lot of uh, there was a panel on on NBA Today, some show on ESPN, where they said if the Lakers make the play in and play the I Nuggets in the first round, who do you have in that series? All four, all four panelists said the Lakers. What is this Lakers bias? The Nuggets, like, like I think the Lakers would give them trouble, but that I think that's a six-game series. There, there's, oh, the Lakers bias at ESPN is is crazy. So uh, let's get that. I don't think it's Lakers bias at all. I think it's LeBron bias. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a big LeBron fan. I've said that many times. But does, oh, the Nuggets are winning that series. Not, okay, I think the Nuggets will get to the conference final. If the if the Suns are a two or three seed, then I would have the Suns. But there's a potential the Suns finish as the four or five seed and therefore play the Nuggets in the second round. Uh, in which case, that's where it becomes difficult. I I kind of I kind of like. There's not, there's no overwhelmingly like good team here. Like like the Grizzlies or the Clippers, I would like in that case. I don't I think, think I, I don't think Denver can win seven game series against the Suns. Uh, well, that's if they match up second round. I think if they I think they play each other, it's the Suns. I I would have the Suns. Uh, like because my the Suns are my my conference. Uh, sorry, my NBA Finals matchup pick with the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm saying for conference final, I have the Nuggets unless they have to match with the Suns on the way, and then I would go with the Suns. Yeah, I I, I think the most difficult matchup for the for the Suns is obviously Clippers. Yeah, that's that's like throwing it to mud mud, and uh, it will be seven game series for yeah. for my side. Like unbelievable. Like you can you have Kawhi and KD matchup. You have Paul George and. You have Paul George and oh, I, want I think that will be like one of the best series of the season, and that that isn't a, a finals matchup. If we get it, if we get it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and but... it, it could be possible. And I think, I think that's like 50-50 matchup. I think Denver Nuggets against the Clippers. I think Denver wins. Me too. And, and I think Suns win against the Denver pretty pretty easily. Why? It's just all, all. There is no way they can stop Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So you yeah. need to play. You probably need to play Jokic at the level of the screen. He'll get so fucking tired, and then yeah. he needs to go against the Andre Ayton, who can't hold his own against the Jokic, at least to some degree. And that's it. Like, yeah, I, 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 I want the Nuggets to do well, but when it comes to that matchup, like you, like you said it perfectly. They're just going to abuse Jokic on defense. So, um, so Suns, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to talk about the matchup because I like Suns and Clippers. I have probably Clippers. Suns and Denver. I have Suns easily. And Denver and Clippers. I have Denver. So like, you, sorry, you'd like, have the Clippers. You'd have the Clippers over the Suns. I'll say 50-50, but just to prove my wow. point, like how it's matchup based, like uh, it's interesting. Wow. So like one against another, then another like. Like three matchups from between these teams, and I have one winner in all three different kind of. So it's like matchup based. 
it, it is going to be crazy if the Lakers are like, if they are the eight seed, Clippers are like the fifth seed, Suns are like the third seed. You're going to be see some crazy matchups on the way. So, uh, yeah, West is definitely open here. Playoff will be unbelievable. Yes, like, very excited. I would say, like, East is probably this, like, it will be so interesting to see Boston Celtics against the Raptors in the first round. Like, if, if we get that's that, cool. Yeah, yeah that's I'm cool. Worried. Two switches teams <laughs> that play, like, Similar kind of defense that are very long, very strong. I think Boston wins that in, in five, probably. But yes. it will be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Like. I think the Raptors have the chance to make life difficult for one of those teams. I, I don't think they'll win that series, but I think they'll make it tough. I don't think uh, Raptors can being... win against uh, the against the Bucks with, with no no one being able to shoot. Like that's. That's difficult. yeah, yeah. I know. I, I agree. Like, I, I see a, a gentleman sweep five games to either of those teams. All right, let's move to next piece of uh, next question here. Um, best worst trade from the trade deadline. I spent 905 yada here. Now that we're, um, I guess we've seen how they've played out. What's your best and worst trade from the deadline so far? I think I'll go first, give you some time to think. I think best trade right now. Like the Lakers have like completely like I, I don't want to be like LeBron Lakers bias here, but the Lakers look completely different with Vanderbilt, who I think was underrated in that deal. But Vanderbilt looks really good here. Um, uh, they're they're just getting the the shooting now has been added in, and it's just an actual proper team now with spacing for LeBron with AD. And it just makes sense now compared to what it was previously. So I think, I honestly think that's the best trade. Also consider they only have to give up one of their first round picks to make that happen. Worst trade. Uh, tough to say at this point, what looks really bad. I think what does look bad right now is Portland trading away. Josh Hart, how good Josh Hart looks with the Knicks. I, I just remember they overpaying. I'm trying to, I'm going to try to find exactly what the, the trade was for Josh Hart. But the Knicks didn't give up enough to to make this trade happen. It was Cam Reddish going to the Blazers as well as, uh, let's see, a lottery-protected 2023 pick, which came from the Knicks. Uh, No other pick they had. It came from the Knicks, I believe. And if it doesn't convey, which, I mean, it will convey, uh, it's four second-round picks for next year. So uh, not a good first-round pick. And Cam Reddish for Josh Hart. I think the Blazers should have gotten more. Um, what are your What are your best and worst trades? I, I won't speak. Talk about the the KD. That's obvious. Uh, well, well, yeah, the best, yeah. The, for me, the best one, as as I said, is the Lakers. Of course, like the best trade for them, like easily, they can mm-hmm. go so much better. But as you said, like I, I, my pick would be Josh Hart to the to the Knicks. He gave them a, a lot. And he gave them the option to play Edge Barrett less, so you kind of need to love <laughs> and that. We saw, we saw yesterday yeah. how insignificant yeah. that is. Uh, I would say that, but I don't. I don't have like the worst trade. Like I don't have okay. yeah, like probably Timberwolves. Like yeah, they they probably could have gotten more for what they uh, gave up. Big like second round swaps. I think swapped with Lakers and two second round picks. And Mike Conley, so far not looking great. Gobert got a bit more dunks, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah, and, uh, 
Final question. Uh, Brian's looking for any of your insight into the Sixers Mavericks matchup. Uh, you know, you didn't have any official picks in there, but what do you see yeah, from the Mavericks it's, standpoint? It's very difficult because indeed it's questionable and really we can't know anything. If mm-hmm. Embiid is out, uh, Donch will be unstoppable. Like without size, <laughs> but in protect, like the, we yeah. can throw like entire five players on him, he'll kill them. Uh, if Embiid is playing, probably Kyrie Irving is score with his pull up shooting against the draw coverage. That's one thing. Uh, Dallas defense is terrible. So, like, they probably focus on Embiid. If Embiid is playing, everyone else is over. Like, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxi, they'll kill them. And if Embiid is out, they'll focus on Jim Harden. James Harden assist with, with I don't know, like, Maxi or Tobias Harris points. So it's all depending on the Embiid playing. But I'll say, like, this is the most important thing. Stats are showing that... So, actually, if Embiid is out... This game is over probably on on game total because they have it as slow paced game and without Embiid and with this new Dallas Mavericks team with Kyrie the pace will be above expected from the bookies that's for sure and yeah it's so it's all about Embiid being out or not playing so if Embiid is in I'll more focus on him entire focus on him. And they still won't be able to stop him. So entire focus on him, slow paced game. And look, I will struggle, maybe, but probably. And if Embiid is out, easy driving lanes for for Luca and higher pace game. Okay, good insight there. Take that for what you can if when you hear news on Joel Embiid's availability. But we do have an official play in a different game for today. It came in the Clippers Warriors game. Jordan Poole over 20 and a half points. And Kawhi Leonard over 19.5 points. That'll be the 20-plus line on DraftKings for minus 115 odds. That was your show. We'll be back tomorrow for more Pick and Roll. Uh, We go live every weekday on the board YouTube channel for shows just like this. So drop a like if you enjoyed. And subscribe to keep up to date with all the great content on the channel. For myself and Pips, thank you once again for tuning in. We really appreciate the support you guys give us on this channel. Let's make a great push for the rest of the season. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.